Welcome to the FemiPod. These are conversations about females for everyone to listen to, learn from and engage with. Brought to you by your Femi founders, Esther Kewen and myself, Lydia O'Donnell. Welcome back to the FemiPod. This is episode number 65. We are so excited to be here with you today. As always, we are super grateful for your time. We had an amazing conversation last week with Zoe Hobbs, New Zealand's fastest woman. So if you haven't heard that one, we would recommend to go back and have a listen. Of course, I have with me my best friend and co-founder of Femi, Esther. It feels like it's been a while since we got you up to speed with what we've been up to. So we're going to fill you in on all the details from the last month. And then we're breaking down the conversation of confidence. We've talked about confidence a bit in the past, but in this episode, we want to dive into our own journeys with confidence and some key things that has helped us to build our confidence over time. Est, how are you? I'm good. Thanks loads. Yeah, really excited to be back and just chatting to you. It feels like it has been a very long time since it's just been us yarning. We've obviously had some awesome guests and a busy last month. So yeah, I'm really good. I just got back from three weeks in Australia so I got to hang out with you so much in person, which was awesome, and the Femi team, and then a lot of the Femi community from over in Melbourne as well. So that was really, really awesome. And obviously, we had a lot of events on over there. So that's what I was doing over in Australia, helping out with the Femi events, uh, which we can go into a little bit more detail about what we've been doing for the last month soon. But yeah, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good too. It's so nice having you over here in Aussie. It's so nice to be with you in person and to have spent that time working right next to you. But I'm back in Queensland at the moment. My last, I would say, about 10 weeks of my life have been pretty hectic. I have been on the go over the last 10 weeks between New Zealand, Australia, Queensland and Melbourne and Sydney actually. So as per usual, I'm pretty exhausted from all the travel, but it's all been yeah really exciting things. As I'm sure everybody listening knows, it was International Women's Day a few weeks ago, and it has been Women's History Month. So there's been a lot of exciting events going on, just highlighting the importance of having conversations around female physiology, the education of women, um, and highlighting issues that women go through. So very privileged to have been involved in a lot of events recently. We started off the month with International Women's Day, doing a couple of events with Nike. We've been very uh, fortunate to have had our Femi experts join us on a few of the occasions, actually, where we spend time with the retail staff at Nike, educating them on things such as sports bras, um, the importance of the right sports bra, the menstrual cycle, physiology. So those events were awesome. I think we maybe worked with 60 or more people across those events. So shout out to our Femi experts for leading some of those education sessions. And then what else were we up to next? We had the Femi retreat, which was amazing and so lucky to have been able to go along to that. And those 16 women that came along from the Femi community, mainly from Melbourne, it was just an awesome weekend. Again, we had some of the Femi experts come along and speak about female physiology uh, and nutrition. We had our dietitian Sarah come along and speak about the importance of fueling correctly as a athlete and especially as a woman. And then we also did a confidence workshop, which is kind of what led us to thinking about doing this today and having this conversation and diving deeper into confidence. It's something that a lot of women lack and 
through no fault of our own, more the systems that we've been brought up in, but how can we actually foster that confidence and have women showing up feeling like they deserve to be there and ruling the room. So we're excited to do that. I also wanted to touch on our training lids. I think that has been a highlight of my last little while, like training with you. We had a conversation because I've definitely been in a bit of a negative mindset with my running. I feel like I was just always feeling like crap. And if someone asked me how my running was going, I would say, eh, it's pretty shit. But every time, you know, just super negative, which is not fun to be around. So yeah, we had a conversation about like mindset and just like being positive while training. And so we sort of took that together. And I know for me anyway, straight away from being more positive, I felt better. And I probably had some of the best trainings I've had in a very long time. So it's just crazy the power of the mind when you change your mindset. But yeah, really love training with you over in Melbourne. Yeah, it's so fun, especially for both of us who most of the time do just run by ourselves. Like it was so nice to have you there and to have that person to wake up with and actually like even on the hard days or the days you don't feel like going out, you don't really even have the option to opt out because the other person is going out for a run. So it was so nice to do that with you. And again, like I think the positive deep piece and like really just always focusing on the good things and not letting your mind weigh you down, I think has helped me as well. Yeah, I am really excited to enter a race now. Whereas before I was like, nah, I'm going to push it off for ages, but I really want to now. Well, in Mount Munganui, they have this thing called Ultimate Athlete, which you will know of, Lids, because you won it the first year that it happened. So Lids absolutely crushed it. But it's like an obstacle course, including running. So you do like all these different obstacles, like a wall climb, monkey bars, tire flips, that sort of thing, uh, included in a 10K run. So brutal. But I think I might do that end of April. And then I want to enter a 10K some like within the month of that, maybe sometime in May. What about you? Have you got any race plans? So exciting. Yeah, I do. I feel like it is weird when you start to change your mindset around your approach to training and life in general. I don't think until now, probably in the last six months, I haven't even been excited to even look for a race, let alone sign up for anything and start working towards it and I've definitely been through a lot with COVID for the third time and whatnot so I obviously couldn't like really plan around that but I'm feeling so much better and like really inspired to start like getting into a training block and training towards something and so I am obviously up in Queensland and the Noosa Marathon is here at the end of May so I'm not sure what distance I'm going to run yet but anywhere between the 10k and the marathon I'll try and make my mind up in the next couple of weeks as to how much time I can commit to the training but I'm just like so excited to go out there and join the community and be part of an event and also just for the training like having purpose behind all the running that I'm doing because it's not like I haven't been training it's just that I've been training without kind of that end goal and now I'm like it'll be nice to have an end goal soon which is only two months away and then from there, look towards Chicago Marathon later in the year. So finally, we've got some stuff in the calendar. Yeah, I'm so excited. Can't wait to watch you smash both of those races and finally get to do Chicago Marathon. I know you didn't get to do it last year, so it'll be awesome that you get to go back and have a good crack at it this year. I'm so excited. All right, we're going to jump into talking about confidence. As Esther said, we did a workshop at the Femi Retreat last weekend around confidence and we felt really inspired by the woman that we were speaking with and speaking to about this conversation to, you know, 
spread it wider than just the retreat. And we wanted to kind of bring to you what we discussed at the FEMU retreat around confidence, our own journeys with confidence and how it's impacted us over the last, what, 15, 20 years. Like my first memory of confidence was way back when I was a small child. I remember being a really confident kid. And then over the last 20 years or so, uh, my confidence has been on a bit of a roller coaster. And so we wanted to dive into those stories and then give you all some kind of tips and tricks around what we use to help build our confidence back when maybe it has been pushed down or we're just feeling like we're losing or lacking confidence in ourselves. So to start with, we wanted to chat around like the importance of having confidence. And I think we can all probably think of someone in our lives who will walk into the room and light up the entire room because they just radiate confidence. And it's so incredible to see someone who is really, truly, authentically themselves. I think a lot of women in particular probably don't feel like worthy of the confidence or don't feel like they deserve to have that confidence because of the patriarchy and the systems that we've grown up in. And we're here to tell you that everybody deserves to have that really beautiful radiating confidence and we all should be able to carry that confidence in ourselves so believe in yourself and um, know that you can work to gain that confidence over time so going into our own stories with confidence as I just mentioned you know my confidence journey started when I was a little kid I think we're all kind of born with you know incredible confidence but over time it gets squashed by the people around us the the environments that we're put in and also just being women and being in in a marginalized position but for me I remember being a really confident young kid and it was through high school that I definitely felt there were episodes where I was losing confidence over myself I think sport kind of was always that tool for me to build confidence but I remember being at high school and my goal of my entire schooling career was to become sports captain and that was the one thing I really wanted out of anything at school I didn't necessarily care about getting top grades or anything it was just like I want to be sports captain and that was like my one and only achievement that I wanted to get across school and in my last year of school they would appoint who the school captain was and I ended up not even becoming a prefect, let alone being sports captain and sports captains that above prefects. So I was definitely far from my goal. I didn't achieve that at all. And I remember that having a huge impact on me. And I never spoke about that to anybody at the time. Like it was just something that I kept with them because I was almost embarrassed that I'd set a goal that I hadn't achieved. And so once I didn't become school captain, my last year of school probably wasn't what I wanted it or expected it to be. I almost rebelled in a way it's not like I was a really naughty kid but I just probably wasn't attending school as much as I should have and I wasn't committing to the workload that I should have and I guess I just had almost given up on myself because I hadn't achieved that goal and I think that's quite common for people if they don't hit a goal that they've set for themselves they almost go the opposite way and that was definitely me I was still running and competing and running at quite a much higher level in my last year of school compared to what I'd known throughout high school and running was always giving me confidence but that was probably the only thing I really had going on in my last year of school to build confidence in myself and I think and as I'm sure many of you have heard before I always talk about the power of sport and in particular running as being a tool to build confidence but it shouldn't be and it should never be your only tool just like running shouldn't be your only tool for your mental health running shouldn't be the only way to build confidence in yourself and so coming out of high school I actually ended up 
quitting sport for a while, lost a huge amount of confidence in myself through that period, not only because I wasn't running, but also I had no idea what I was doing with my life. My life kind of derailed for a wee while. I was doing things that probably weren't so good for my mental or physical health. I actually went through a period of time where my mental health suffered pretty significantly. I was going through bouts of depression and there were definitely times in my life where I wasn't willing or didn't want to kind of see the next day, which was really tough for me at that time. But I think going through something like that really made me realize what I needed to do to build confidence back into my life and to almost like fall back in love with who I am. And thankfully I'd known what it felt like to feel confident in myself and to have running as that tool to help me. And so I started back running at about 18, 19 years old and that definitely gave me kind of that confidence back. It wasn't about winning. It wasn't about running fast at all. It was purely about just like having a schedule and having a purpose and getting up every morning and going out the door. And over time, my confidence grew through that. And and then unfortunately, I just got put in more environments that really affected me and, and my confidence. I was put under male coaches who didn't really know how to work with me. And I'm sure a lot of you have heard the stories before between Esther and myself and how these coaches just like didn't know the right things to say to us. They really encouraged us to be lean, to be faster. I lost a huge amount of confidence in my body because of the way they spoke to me and being told if I lost a X amount of weight, I'd be able to run faster. And this went on for about five years where I was just being told that my body wasn't enough and I pretty much wasn't enough. And I lost so much confidence in who I was because of that to the point I was suffering eating disorders and overtraining and underfueling and we won't get into the science of reds again, because if you haven't listened to our episode on reds, you can definitely go back and do that. But I, I did lose my menstrual cycle. And alongside losing my menstrual cycle, I lost a huge amount of confidence in myself. And by the age of 25, I think I was someone who was trying to, I guess, prove myself in many different ways. You know, I was probably trying to make up for the lack of confidence in myself by probably projecting being overly confident in a weird way. Yeah, I think people from the outside would have looked at me and thought that I was like really true to who I was and really authentic and really had a lot of confidence in who I was. But it wasn't that case at all. I really was just beating my body up and really was struggling with my mental health at the time. So that's when I guess I went on a spiral to just like understand and learn my body. And, you know, we always say education is power and that that education and knowledge that I learned about my body was really empowering and really did build confidence back in who I was and by learning about my body, I started training in a way that was right for me. And that really did allow me to start to run faster. My performance started to improve. I built confidence back in my body and back in myself over those two to three years. And it's not like, as we said earlier, that I wake up every day now and say, I completely love who I am and love what I look like and love myself. But I am so much more confident in what's going on both mentally and physically because of that journey I've been on. And I feel like I can stand up and say that I'm being my authentic true self now, because as I always say to people, like you can't be anybody else. I used to have days when I was younger that I would wake up dreaming that I'd wake up in somebody else's body or be someone else, but like that's never going to happen. And so once I accepted that and realized that I am me and I'm never going to be anyone else, like I started to embrace the real me, the true me, and every day trying to make the most of me being me. It's probably where I'm at. And it's not over. Confidence journeys never end, but that's where I'm at right now. And I know US have been on a kind of similar journey through some similar environments that you were put in. But yeah, do you want to fill us in? 
Yeah, thanks for sharing. It's, I obviously know most of that stuff, but I know everyone listening, it's pretty hard hearing all the things that have pushed you back in your time and where you were mentally as well. It's never nice to hear someone feeling like that. So proud of you for coming so far in your journey. And I know you are a confident queen and you always inspire me and I know you inspire many others as well. But my journey, yeah, like I think I was a really confident young girl. I swear like most young people probably have like this air of confidence. I don't know, unless you've been through certain things at a young age, we're kind of like blindly confident. We're just like, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. I'll do this, whatever I want. And I really loved running. So got into running when I was really young and I would win school cross countries when I was in primary school. And I think those are probably my earliest memories of being confident was when I would rock up at, you know, six, seven years old and just be like, I'm going to absolutely crush this. And I would lead from the front and I would just literally sprint and I just fully believed in myself and had so much confidence in my running. Uh, And then I, yeah, I did pretty well at it. And then I ended up going to this one race. I remember Colgate Games as New Zealand Nationals and again, blind confidence. My dad was like, you know, a lot of these girls are probably training, you know, they're 12, 13, they probably go for a few runs a week. And I was like, I don't need to do that. I'm going to win. And anyway, okay, I think I came last. And then, so I went over to my dad and I said, okay, I will train. Let's do it. So (laughs) we went and got a coach. And I think from there, like it just like spiraled slowly over time. I was winning a lot of things that I was doing. My family and my school was praising me for it. So like as a young person, you can't really distinguish the difference between the fact that you run and that's not all that you you are. You know, as a young person, I think I was just con- completely consumed by the fact that I was like a really good runner and that was my whole identity. And so, yeah, went through that. My coach, obviously, I've heard the story of him being a bit of a butthead, but he, uh, you know, was promoting Lena is better. He would call some girls out at trainings, you know, if they looked a little bit bigger in his eyes. And anyway, that led me to start to restrict my diet. And I just wanted to fit the mold of being a runner and the confidence of losing weight and looking more like that, that came from that was kind of, I guess, intoxicating. And I just went deeper and deeper into it. Uh, And then lucky for me, my mom caught on and, you know, I got help when I was suffering an eating disorder, but that whole journey, I definitely lost confidence in myself, but I think the worst part was just the identity piece, like just solely believing that all I was was a runner. So if anyone had asked me, you know, who are you? What do you do? Anything like that? I've been like, I'm a runner. I'm a runner. That's the only thing that I really thought of myself. And so after going, getting help, I put on weight and I went through puberty again, basically got my period back and, you know, had a changing body and ended up not running as well as I was previously, not winning the races that like I was, and my confidence just completely plummeted. I tried for a few years to continue to to run and train, but it was done pretty much. I wasn't enjoying it anymore because I wasn't winning. I wasn't getting like that praise that I used to get. And so my confidence just dropped away completely to the point, yeah, I quit athletics, quit running at 18. And then similar to you, Lids, was really lost. Didn't know what I was doing with my life. You know, started partying and basically doing all the things that would be the opposite of someone who would consider themselves an athlete. And then realized at some stage I need to sort my shit out. So I enrolled in uni and I did a personal training course and started to challenge myself in other areas, build my confidence back, you know, through 
through those sort of things and I got back into running as well and yeah I think confidence for me has been a big journey I'm getting there slowly I'm getting back to that point where I I do feel confident in myself when I'm turning up to races or when I'm turning up to trainings or when I'm turning up to events with Femi. I'm definitely getting a lot better and the work that we're doing at Femi has helped so much to build that confidence back in myself and I guess also like the public speaking and throwing yourself in the deep end has really helped to build that confidence back but yeah the biggest lesson from that was just that never put your identity solely in something that you do like it should be more about who you are as a person and are you showing up day in, day out and doing those things that make you feel good and that make you feel proud of yourself rather than, you know, I'm a runner or I'm a, I'm a this job or that job, you know, like you're so much more than what you do. Otherwise, if you're not doing well in those things, your confidence is really affected and that's what happened to me. Cool. So we're going to talk about what self-confidence actually is. And this is, this is from Femi Theory, the course that we created with the experts So just to give you a 101 on what self-confidence actually is. Uh, Self-confidence refers to one's belief that they can successfully execute a desired behavior or outcome. It's an internal state made up of what we think and feel about ourselves. Confidence can be seen as the stuff that turns beliefs into action. And I think it's cool to touch on the confidence gap as well. Like we talked about it at the beginning, how women are just inherently less confident than men and it starts from a young age it's really interesting to notice that until the age of 12 on average young girls and young boys confidence is is equal but when they go through puberty so young girls when they go through puberty between the ages of 8 to 14 confidence declines by 30 percent, and young boys continues to climb so what's actually happening at that point the main change is going through puberty and we just see this massive decline in young girls' confidence and an increase in young boys' confidence. And it's really sad that other statistic is that nearly eight in 10 girls want to feel more confident in themselves. And when we did this workshop on the weekend, we asked, would you like to feel more confident in yourself? And everyone in the room put their hands up, including myself. So I feel like it's a phenomenon that it affects many women and something that begins at that age of puberty when we start to have changing bodies and and go through that big change in the way we look and the way we feel towards ourselves so confidence gap is huge we know it's something that really needs to be worked on because it gives us power to go for things that we want but it starts at that age of, of puberty yeah it's so sad when you think about like why girls are losing confidence in themselves going through puberty like obviously the menstrual cycle conversation is a big one because we have been brought up to not be able to even talk about our periods. So we're going through something that no one's even allowed to discuss. And then you think about like how a female's body or a young girl's body develops going through puberty. She's most likely going to get wider hips. Her breasts are developing. She's maybe putting on a bit of weight because she's going through that transformation period. And like all of those things are so normal and should be so accepted. Yet you think about a young boy going through puberty and he's building muscle, he's getting bigger, he's getting taller, his voice is deepening. All of those things that boys are going through when they go through puberty are kind of seen as really positive, exciting changes that guys get to like almost celebrate because they go through that transformation. Whereas 
when girls go through the transformation, people were like, oh, you know, she's put on a bit of weight or her hips have got a bit wider. Oh, she's got boobs now. Like it's almost seen as like a negative thing. And so it's no wonder that girls are losing confidence in themselves because of these changes. It's the way that society sees these changes and, you know, represents these changes in like media and on social media and whatnot. So it is really sad. Like we want to change that narrative of like these things that you're going through as a teenage girl are actually so incredible and actually going to, like allow your body to be really healthy as you develop and get older, especially if you're a young girl who plays sport, like you want to go through those changes so that in your later teenage years or in your twenties and thirties, your body is in a really good place to perform at a really higher level. Like if you don't allow yourself to go through those changes, we know for a fact it comes back to haunt you later in life. So we need to change that narrative and celebrate those changes that are going through puberty so that girls I don't lose confidence in themselves, but also are happy to like celebrate those changes and be proud of them as well and, and encourage them by fueling correctly. So yeah, I think as Es mentioned, that confidence gap is pretty horrific, but it's something that at Femi we're working on all the time. And if you're a female and you're listening to this and you're thinking, you know, I don't have confidence in myself and you want to understand that, like take it back to your teenage years and take it back to the environments that you've been brought up in and society and those messages because it's not your fault it's just the way that this world is, has worked to date and, and we had to change that and so one of the big parts of like changing that narrative and what we truly believe in at Femi is that sport is one of the most amazing tools to build confidence in yourself you know for me no matter if I was running at an elite level or not I will continue to do running or some form of movement because it does give me such an incredible mindset and mental health and does give me that confidence that I need. I think I say it all the time, but like waking up first thing in the morning, I know not everyone is a morning runner, but I truly like urge people to go and like really commit to it for, you know, at least four to six weeks to see if it makes a difference to you because waking up and going out the door and going for a run and achieving something first thing in the morning Achieving something that's hard because running is hard. <laughs> Most of the time running is hard and you overcome that challenge first thing in the morning. It's honestly the best way to set yourself up for the day. And I know not all of us should be running every single day, but if it's not a run, go and do something else. Maybe it's yoga. Like yoga can be really challenging. Maybe it's lifting weights. That can be really challenging. Like some form of movement and some form of sport and exercise is the best way to start your day and it can be one of the most incredible ways to build confidence in yourself going out and sweating and raising your heart rate like all of those good things that come with it and so for me like as you would have heard through my story sports kind of always been that drawback to making sure I'm on the right path and doing the right things for me and I grew up in a household with three girls um, I'm the youngest of three and I have two older sisters and and one of them, you know, who is only 14 months older than me. So we're very similar age. We grew up in obviously the exact same environment with very similar genetics. And unfortunately, at some point along our journeys, she decided to go down one path and I decided to go down the other. So at a very young age, she got caught up in the wrong scene with the wrong people and were doing the wrong things. And sport thankfully was the one thing that like kept me on the right path and she now is you know she's a pretty severe drug addict and she has some pretty challenging things going on in her life and you know she's now 33 nearly 34 do 
like thank sport for keeping me on the right track because I guess I always just question like where would I be if I didn't have sport would I be in that same position as her I'm just like so thankful to sport for the reason I'm doing what I'm doing now like I don't think I'd have the confidence myself to do anything that I've achieved over the last 10 to 15 years if um if I hadn't had running and sport build that confidence in myself to believe that I can do it um so yeah I do think sport really builds confidence but in saying that and just even off the conversation we just had around you know women or girls losing confidence in themselves through those teenage years it takes confidence to even get into sport and at the retreat when we were speaking to the woman asking them like who was intimidated to turn up to our first Femi Run community run. So we, for those who don't know, we run Femi Run community runs all across Australia and New Zealand every week. And it's a group of women who have firstly never met each other. The first time we held these runs in these cities, these women had never met each other. They were all new to these environments. And they showed up to these community runs by themselves. And I said to them, who felt scared or intimidated to turn up to those runs? And every single one of us like put our hand up and even I who and a confident runner um but turning up to a community group when you don't know anyone it's scary and doing something like running any sport but running in particular because it is so visible you know what pace you're running it's like puts another layer on people like doubting themselves or um being intimidated to turn up to those environments and so this is a group of women who are really confident in themselves and um, you can tell or truly believe and love who they are, but they also were scared in that environment. And so it just proves like we need confidence in ourselves to partake in sport. But then once you're in sport, sport is another amazing way to build confidence. So like it is a bit of a rigorous cycle that we're stuck in. Like you need the confidence to get there, but then that thing gives you the confidence. How, where do you kind of like interject that? Um, I think for us, it's just like for those women like ourselves and like the women at Femi who do carry that somewhat confidence in themselves, like having and knowing they're being given that privilege um, is so important and knowing that we have a responsibility to gift that confidence to others. So bring people into your circle. If you're someone who does carry confidence, whether it's, you know, being an extremely confident person every single day or you have bouts of confidence like when you have those bouts and you feel good in who you are gift that to someone else because that also builds confidence in you um I think when you do things for others it's almost a selfish act because you're also benefiting off it too and, and like even for Esther and I like running Femi and providing women this platform like we always get messages of thanks for starting the company and starting the community but like we also do it for ourselves because it fills our cup like it's something that gives so much back to us and and we obviously love it so much as well but yeah I think if you are someone who carries some some sort of confidence in yourself like know that that's a privilege and, and the goal is to give that privilege to other people so true I I even said it before in my spiel about my confidence journey like I the last few years doing Femi stuff has built my confidence so much so it is very true like as you gain confidence give it to others and like that can even be as simple as if you go to run club and you see someone who's new and you have all the friends there and you're feeling confident when you show up in yourself seeing that person that may be feeling oh crap, I don't know anyone, this is my first time, they're probably extremely anxious, going over to them, welcoming welcoming them, having chats with them, like that would actually 
change their entire day and it will change their whole experience and I know that everyone listening's already converted to that anyway like that is pretty much the Femi community like new people get welcomed as if they've been there their whole lives but it's just like taking that and all the experiences you've been through and when you see others maybe going through those experiences for the first time using your confidence to help them it's so true um cool we're going to talk a little bit now about like fostering confidence and these are all things you can do more so for yourself. So looking internally, how can you actually foster confidence through your actions day to day and the things that you do and think about? Um, and these are some of the things that Lids and I do ourselves, um, which has really helped us build confidence over the last last few years of our lives and our whole lives. Um, the first thing is do the thing. So do the thing is just like putting yourself out there. And that might be like showing up to the Femi Ring community for the first time, like we just talk, talked about. Or it might be if someone asks you to present something at a school or in front of a crowd or go on a podcast or, you know, do something out of your comfort zone. Like it might be go for an ocean swim for the first time with a group. Just do it. Throw yourself in the deep end. And the more that you do those things, the more that you'll be able to realize that you're capable of doing them. And it'll just fuel your fire because the better you get at certain things, the more you want to expand your knowledge, the more areas you want to become more confident in so by doing those things and taking taking those first steps you're able to I guess prove to yourself that you're a lot more capable than potentially you think and it's probably going to be really scary the first time like I remember Lids and I the first time we really did like a big talk together was properly in front of people face to face was at demo day for Startmate Accelerator program and that was terrifying. Like we had 300 people in the crowd that we were speaking to. And I know that I was really nervous. I I do get nervous public speaking, um, but th- that, that kind of leads into the next point about preparation and like how that can really help you feel confident. So it might be, if you are public speaking, just making sure that you know what you're saying to a T. You don't have to memorize it because sometimes that actually makes things worse, but knowing exactly what each point means, you know, what slides are coming up next. If it's a presentation, like you've gone through the, you've gone through it, you know what you're talking about or you know what you're doing. It just helps you so much to go into that situation prepared and a, a lot more confident in yourself. Um, I know that might be a little bit harder with running groups and swimming because it might be the first time you've done it, but you're obviously not going to go ocean swim without having ever had swimming lessons. So you can think of those as the preparation parts. But preparation really does help calm the nerves. It helps you feel like, you know, you've got everything down before you have to go and do the thing that you're, you know, throwing yourself in the deep end of. Um, The next one's visualization. So visualization is so powerful because our bodies don't know the difference between reality if we're thinking about it or if we're actually living in the moment. And that's why our mind is so powerful. We can really control so much of what our body experiences and the way that we can show up to something. So I think there was a study, which we may have already talked about on the pod, but uh, they did a study on some athletes who went and did a run. And obviously your heart rate goes up, your sweat rate, um, you know, your blood's pumping faster than normal. And then they got people to lay in an MRI and visualize themselves running and doing the same activity that they did. And the body's response was very similar to the actual physical movement. So it just shows you the the power of the brain. And I know this is something you do quite a lot, Lid. So I'll hand it over to you to touch on like your own personal experiences. 
Yeah, I think visualization is a big one. It's like if you're saying is like the power of the mind is so incredible. And if you can like live it in your head, then you believe that you can actually do it. And then it's so much easier to go out and actually execute it. And so for me, like I usually use visualization in so many different ways in my life, all the way from like work experiences through to like training through to racing, obviously is the biggest one before any race I do, especially the marathon. Like I will live the marathon race in my mind before I actually go out and run. And it's not like I'm visualizing the like roads and the turns and the hills and everything. I'm more visualizing like the actual thought process and how I'm actually feeling at different times throughout the race. And I think for the marathon, if you've run a marathon, you would know anywhere from like 25 to 30 Ks. It's like, super painful it's you're in the hurt locker definitely from 30ks onwards and you want to have known what it's like before you actually do that and even though now I've run maybe nine or ten marathons I still want to feel that like in the days leading up to the race just to provide that self-belief that I can actually do it and so before the race and it, I wouldn't do this the night before because that would be hectic and stressful I would probably do this like a week or five days out from the race um I live I live the race and I live it how it's going to feel so I'll know like 5k's I'm going to be feeling really good 10k's I'm going to be really excited because I'll still feel really good but I'll be running a good pace like 20k's I know that's where it's going to start to like there'll be moments of hurt um 25 like I'll visualize like where my heart rate is and that kind of breath that's going on and then 30Ks, I live in my head, like, this is the really challenging part. Like, this is where we've got to get over that hump and, like, say my mantra and get through this. But 35Ks, I know I'm going to want to quit. Like, I already know that. And that's okay. Um, but I know I'm not going to. And so living that, like, even that um, conversation, I lived that in my head with myself before the race. And then, you know, getting to the finish line, how that's even going to feel like that sense of reward and satisfaction, but know that I'm going to be completely exhausted. So the whole process is lived in my head before it happens. And I've definitely had instances and mostly the instances it works really well, but I've definitely had instances where it hasn't gone my way. And I tried to visualize races um, in particular world champs. I remember when I was about 20, I went to world cross country champs and I actually physically and mentally couldn't see myself finishing the race. Like I just couldn't see it in my head. And then I actually passed out in the race and woke up in an ambulance. I think I passed out at four Ks. I had a K to go. And in that moment, I was like, wow, that really proved to me how powerful our minds are. Cause I didn't believe in myself and I didn't believe I was going to finish it. I couldn't see it. And then that's exactly how the race was executed, unfortunately. But yeah, I think visualization is massive. And even if you aren't a competitive athlete, like I visualize myself in presentations, I'll visualize myself presenting to particular people inside particular like global brands that we are now working with. And like I saw that happen before it's now like happening. So it does like really allow you to believe in yourself, which is is crazy, but it's also such an amazing tool. Mm -hmm, Definitely. I think visualization is so powerful and it's, even like it leads into another point about like positivity and like having those positive thoughts about reaching certain goals or, you know, like working with certain brands or achieving things that you want to achieve, like having that positive mindset, you will start to take actions 
that align to those goals. So like if you're thinking really positively about, you know, a marathon or if you're thinking really positively about getting a job or a, a job that you're really keen to get or working with a certain brand and you're thinking, you know, I can do this, like I can actually do this. And you think about it so positively and, you know, you apply that alongside visualization, you will actually act in the way that means that you'll get to that point. So like your thoughts control so much of your like subconscious actions, your conscious actions, all of the things that you do day to day. If you positively think towards that goal, you will act in ways that allow you to get to that goal. And Liz and I have both experienced it. We've had moments where like, we're definitely going to get that. We're going to get this thing. And we both fully believe it. We have positive thoughts around it and then we get it. And it's like, yeah, there's just such, I think it sounds like a bit woo-woo, but the universe, it's true. <laughs> the universe is listening. And like, when you think these things over and over again, again, it changes the way that you behave. It changes the way you act. And therefore you actually end up getting those things. And it's so powerful. And like, we all deserve to have big goals and big dreams. And like, the more you can just like really believe that you'll get it, the chances are that you probably will, um, which is cool. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's so much opportunity. It's so cool. But I feel like a lot of people think like, oh, like visualization and manifestations is all woo-woo. Like I think people, you either love it or you hate it. And the people that hate it just like have a lot to say about manifestations. Um, but it isn't, like you said, it isn't just about like sitting there and like setting a goal and then closing your eyes and hoping that it comes true. Like you can't just be like, I want a million dollars in my bank account and then just sit there and, and manifest the million dollars in your bank account. <laughs> like there is that saying around, like you need to set the sat nav and then put your foot on the accelerator and, and go towards it. Like if you have, set the sat nav and you know what your goal is and you know what you want to achieve then you actually take the action to go and do it but a lot of people think just manifestation is just like closing your eyes and hoping for the best that is not the case at all like you do have to do the hard work but by believing in yourself and and um setting those expectations and those goals it like gives you that prompt to go do it mm -hmm. yeah so true yeah unfortunately we can't just click our fingers and get everything we want we actually have to do some work which is fun too uh, and then the last one we'll talk about is just probably more about um you know even my own story thinking about the fact that I was just so driven by the outcome and like my all, everything that all my confidence sat within the outcome of races and then when I wasn't winning my confidence plummeted so instead of focusing on like the outcome focus more on the process and like enjoying the journey and especially for things like a running race like so many things can happen towards that running race like you could get sick there could be multiple things that happen and if all of your energy is on that one thing right at the end and you ignore you know everything you've done leading up to it you're if something goes wrong you're going to feel like shit but if you've actually put all your time and um, invested how you feel about yourself in the process is so much more rewarding because you learn way more in the journey than the outcome. So those are some tips that we have around fostering confidence for yourself. I think what it comes down to really is you just have to believe in yourself and think that you're worthy and capable, which is again hard. And Lids and I have got to this point now when we're in our 30s. So if you're listening and you think this is something that's crazy far away, it may be something as simple as starting to write down affirmations daily. And we suggested to the 
woman this uh on the weekend to read the book Bravey by Alexi Pappas I am biggest fangirl of her and she was in a really bad depression and she would just her psychologist or a psychotherapist just told her to write things down daily and he would tell her exactly right what to write and they were positive things about her and he was like doesn't matter if you don't believe them because eventually your brain will start to believe them so if you're listening and you you don't know what to even begin with, maybe start there and write down the words that you would love to feel about yourself and just say, I am this, I am this, I am this daily and keep doing it, keep doing it. Cause it, it does work. It can rewire your brain over time, but we totally acknowledge that we're in a privileged place where we've, we can do these things and actually um, feel like we deserve them. It does really come down to like feeling worthy, right? Like it is a thing of like, I feel like a lot of us just don't feel worthy to be confident and to love ourselves, especially in New Zealand and Australia where Torquoise syndrome is really bad. And as soon as you do something good, you just get cut down for it. But we are all worthy and we all deserve to feel confident in ourselves and all love ourselves. And like loving yourself isn't just, you know, going out there and, being cocky I think there's a difference between being cocky and being confident um but you can and should be able to say I love myself like I am I do love myself and I'm proud of myself and I'm so glad that I'm me and not anybody else like those are things that I try to tell myself all the time and be okay with it and not be embarrassed by saying those things Mm -hmm. and I think as you mentioned like be patient with yourself like confidence is something that comes with time don't feel like you have to wake up tomorrow and write down five things that you love about yourself and then immediately be confident or love yourself. Um, give yourself that time and space, but also know that you're worthy. And then the other thing we just wanted to touch on was like making sure that you're surrounding yourself with people who build confidence in you. I've definitely been in instances myself, even recently over the last few years where I've been put alongside people who didn't believe in my me or my purpose and my mission and you know I'd say things about what we wanted to create at Femi and they would roll their eyes and be like yeah that's never going to happen um and like those are the people you need to immediately cut out of your inner circle because you need to be with people who truly no matter what believe in you and instill confidence in you and they're always talking positively about you and your goals and your ambitions I think it is really common unfortunately down in Aussie and New Zealand to like I feel like if you have big dreams you get told that they're too big whereas I really love Americans for this because when you tell an American your dream they're like yeah why not like make it bigger it should be more ambitious and they like encourage that thinking um and I definitely think it is like a well I shouldn't Australia isn't a small country at all but definitely in New Zealand the small country thing and everyone kind of knowing each other um, but find those people, find those people who build you up and support you along your way, no matter how crazy or big or ambitious your goals are, they should be there for you and supporting you all the way. Like us. <laughs> I support you, Queen. <laughs> I support you, Queen. And I know our entire community supports each other. Like it was so beautiful in the weekend to see that support amongst all of the women and and they were all there 100% for each other and like nothing lights us up more than by seeing like other women supporting each other and that's probably just another quick one we'll touch on is traditionally women have been seen as competition to each other and it's been really easy to 
see another woman as competition and you know cut her down or not support her on her goals but we're slowly making progress that women are now realizing there is more room for us we have more spaces at the table for us and that we can be there to support each other and build each other up and give each other opportunities like I think that's really exciting to think that women can be providing other women opportunities that they have may have never had before um and it's exciting personally and the work that we do at Femi I love that the most like giving women the space and opportunity um that they want and that they deserve we're going to touch on quickly a couple of things that we've also learned from our our journeys and we've actually taken some of this work from the famous Ben Crow. So I don't know, if you don't know Ben Crow, I would highly suggest going and checking him out. There's been a few podcasts around with him, in particular one on the Imperfects. They recently interviewed him, but they actually had a, a an initial podcast with him a couple of years ago. So I would suggest go and listen to that one first um, and then go and listen to the more recent interviews with him. But he's incredible at teaching people about confidence in owning their own stories and understanding that their stories are are their stories. It doesn't define who they are. It's just the journeys that they've been on. And I really love the work he does because he's done a lot of work with some incredible athletes. He's worked with Andre Agassi and Serena Williams and the famous Ash Barty in Australia. And it's just awesome to hear like the impact that he's had on these athletes away from sports so building up who they are away from the their performances and um instilling that confidence in them no matter you know what goal they achieve or what result that they get in competitions like they're still incredible people for who they are that's not based on their sports so um a few steps that we wanted to jump through the first one being thinking back to your earliest most confident memory so if you sat there and you know, go back to you being a child. I know some people have really early memories from like the ages of one and two, and then other people can't think back to your before 10. So take this one in whatever way you want, but think back to your earliest, most confident memory and think of that child who, for me, was crazy confident. I would, I remember come out into the lounge every night and set up a show and bounce around. And I was definitely that, look at me, look at me, child. And um, I was very much a performer when I was young. And so I remember that, like, I had so much confidence. I didn't care what anyone in my family thought of me. I just wanted to show off and show my dancing skills or gymnastic skills or whatever skill I thought I had at the time off to my family. And so that was my earliest, most confident memory. What about you, Yes? Uh, I reckon it's probably yeah, those cross countries in primary school. I just remember being a little savage and I was just going to go till I passed out pretty much. I had no fear <laughs> and I was just so confident in myself, which I love. And I used to also get up and sing in front of an entire assembly room, which I think now and I'm like, I would die. So um, yeah, bowed it out. Woo. Um, so probably one of those two. Yeah, that was in primary um, anywhere between yeah, ages of five and 10. Yeah, I love that. And then we move on to like a courage mantra, which we were kind of talking about earlier around like that positive mindset and focusing on like the positive thoughts that go through your mind and not the negative ones. And for me, like a courage mantra is something that I can use in whatever environment I'm in, whether it's a work environment, like presenting in front of a bunch of people or in a race or in training, something that you can say to yourself over and over and allow your 
body and your mind to really just like believe it. So I've always said to myself, stay calm and in control. You can do this. And it definitely comes into play mostly in the marathon, but I have used it in other instances too. But I remember like, yeah, from that 25 or 30K mark in the marathon, saying to myself, like, stay calm and in control, you can do this. And sometimes it will just be stay calm and in control, stay calm and in control. And I'll just continually repeat that to myself, um, knowing that it takes a little bit of pain away because you stop focusing on how much it hurts and focus on just like that one sentence. So courage matrix, I think are really, really important. Yes, if you got um, a courage matrix, you say to yourself. I do. Yeah. It's, it's about like taking the pressure off yourself. Cause I think sometimes sport can get like that. And even like presenting or like showing up to work, like, yeah, my one is just show up and do your best. And so like, as long as you walk away from something knowing like you've done your best, like you prepared and you showed up, you didn't let fear hold you back. Then you can be like super proud of yourself regardless of any result that comes from it. So I think it's taking away that pressure from me being a young girl of like success being driven by my results. And so as long as I've done my best, I'm proud of myself. So yeah, that's my courage mantra. Show up and do your best. I love that. I feel like we need to get our courage mantras tattooed on us. Yeah, let's do it. That's the kind of thing we would do. And then before we go, we just wanted to chat through some steps that you can do at home to also just like help find your purpose. Ben Crow says that owning your story and knowing your purpose is the best step to growing confidence in who you are. And finding your purpose can be really intimidating and it can be really scary to think like, what is my purpose? But know that your purpose isn't something that, you know, is definite like you can definitely change your purpose over time your purpose may grow as you grow um, and your purpose may change depending on the environments or opportunities that are put in front of you and so by understanding your purpose where you are at right now it's definitely going to allow you to feel more confident in yourself and really live in line with your values and be your true authentic self so the steps that we take to find your purpose are well I'm going to start off but Esther and I have very similar purposes hence why we're best friends and hence why we started Femi together um so we're going to use our same purpose together but the first question we ask is who am I that's probably the one thing Esther and I are going to answer differently but clearly who am I I'm Lydia and this is Esther yes I'm Esther (laughs) and then the step two we go into what do I do so this is like what do you do in yourself every day to fulfill your purpose and so for us it is inspire women through sport and everybody is different and not everybody's priority is sport and not everybody works in sport so you take this whatever way you want to so it aligns to you and what you do but uh first question is who am i and then we go into what do i do the third question is who do i do it for so for us at Femi or between Esther and I, we do it for women who want to be the best versions of themselves. So you think about what do you do and who do you do it for? And then the fourth question we go into is what do they want or need? So when you think about those people of who do you do it for, what do those people want or need? Um, And for us, it's for these women, we want to make them feel more confident in themselves. And then lastly, we answer, how do they change as a result? That's the last question. And for us, 
hopefully the women that we inspire through sport who want to be the best versions of themselves and they want to feel more confident in themselves, they walk away by feeling more empowered in themselves and their bodies. So that is pulled from being pro. We're definitely not going to take the recognition of those steps. Those are those are being pros. Again, go check them out. Um, Mojo Pro is his Instagram handle. But I think they're really easy key steps that you can take to find your purpose and remember that's your purpose with where you're at right now and it can change. Yeah, it's cool. I like the way he thinks about it and like your purpose is for others because if your purpose is within yourself, it's just so um, selfish. Whereas I think a lot of people's purpose is to help others and to help them be better and it takes takes that pressure off you as well you know like you're doing you're doing things for others um which I I really like the way he talks about purpose because yeah we're all put on this earth to make make this earth better when we leave it and that's something that we're trying to do at Femi and that's our purpose is to to help women and, and to leave this world in a better place than when we found it so I like I love Ben Crow and I love the way he talks about that purpose so hopefully everyone here got some easy steps that they can think about and I love lids as well that you say it can change because like you said, you may be in a job that you may not like as much at the moment and you're trying to figure out, you know, what are these things that you want to do and who do you want to help? So just know that that can always change. We love that. And remember that you are worthy of being confident. You're worthy of saying, I love who I am. So the best thing you can do is just put time aside to figure out what steps you want to take to build that confidence in who you are and we're obviously here to chat too. So if you want to get in touch with us, come to us on Instagram at femi.co or head to our website, femi.co. Esther and I are so passionate about this conversation. I'm sure you can hear that in our voices. We really do want to instill confidence in women because at the end of the day, if we can build confidence in women, we can create women to go into the workforce, whatever workforce that looks like, whatever industry it is, and break down those gender equality barriers to build a more equitable society for women so we are here to do that and um we're here to chat if you want if you want to come and have a chat with us but in the meantime we will be back in your ears next week with a very special guest so stay tuned for that one and thank you so much for tuning into this episode as we said at the start we're so grateful for your time we know that you you know we only have limited time during every day so um we're super appreciative of you spending that time with us thank you What? <laughs>